Bitcoin is the most perfect Trojan horse we could have hoped for. Since Bitcoin is uh, being stopped less by the by the current financial system because of its traceability, we can piggyback on top of Bitcoin and use the currencies that we really demand uh, underneath and then swap out wherever we need to swap out. Monero Talk is sponsored by Cake Wallet, a trustless open source wallet that gives you the keys to your crypto. Invoice, donate, and trade your Monero with peace of mind, piece of cake. And by StealthyX, an instant exchange where privacy is a top concern. Go to StealthyX.io to instantly exchange between Monero and 450 plus assets without having to create an account or register and with no limits, making StealthyX a simple way to purchase Monero with crypto anonymously. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever by typing in MoneroTalk.crypto in your Monero.com or Cake Wallet send address field to send us a tip. This week on Monero Talk. Douglas Tuman interviews Alan Spekniak, a cryptography researcher and libertarian. The two discussed a prominent blockchain privacy paper co-authored by Vitalik, the future of blockchain privacy versus surveillance coins. Alan explains why there's a need to stop putting the state on a pedestal in the privacy debate in order to defend privacy in the future. The reason the U.S. government doesn't care as much about money laundering as long as it happens in U.S. banks. Alan also brought up a new cryptocurrency that he is working on, which intends on being quantum resistant. Doug recommends you check out the Monero Talk videos posted in the show notes for info on quantum resistance as it relates to Monero. Monero Talk starts now. All right. Alan, thanks for jumping on, man. My pleasure. <laughs> uh, I know. I know it was last minute, but uh, I reached out to you. It was actually Amir Taki that recommended recommended you. Uh, I believe we're in another group chat together. It's a philosophy cryptocurrency chat. I think you're in that room as well, right? Uh, I am. I, I'm in various rooms, and and uh, usually if Amir Taki is in the room, it it shows that it's a high quality room. Agreed, agreed. I've been trying to follow him around the internet as well. Um, and so recently, there was a paper that came out. Uh, some well-known authors involved, uh, I guess the most famous of all is Vitalik Buterin, uh, titled Blockchain Privacy and Regulation Compliance Towards a Practical... Um, towards a practical equilibrium. So we'll, we'll get into the paper and what it means and what they're proposing. But I guess first, let's 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 get your background. Why why are you perhaps qualified to uh, comment on these things? Uh, so I studied cryptography in the course of my PhD in Belgium at KU Leuven, um, and well, after my PhD, I started working as a researcher for various blockchain foundations. Um, so I've been following the space uh, with 
with keen interest. Um, I'm also somewhat a libertarian. Um, I, I used to read uh, Austrian school authors, Marie Rothbard, Mises, um, and uh, yeah, uh, that, so, so I'm a libertarian and a cryptographer, and I think the intersection of those two um, types of people is rather small, unfortunately. Yeah, not, not too many of those people out there, huh? And I wonder why, because you'd think that libertarians should should understand that cryptography is the new battlefield against the state. Um, and, and, and yet, in academic cryptography circles, libertarians are far and few between. Yeah, I find that very surprising myself. Uh, I, I've run into some people that surprisingly have views that are that are counter to the libertarian a lot of the libertarian philosophies um but that are are in this world of cryptography i guess not everybody in cryptography is a is a cypherpunk or a crypto anarchist right is that a, correct 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 uh, a lot of cryptographers they they study it because it's interesting maths and it is uh, and, and, uh, yeah, it's something to keep your brain busy and, 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 uh, put bread on the table. Um, they, they might as well have gone down AI or, or whatever branch of, of mathematics or engineering, but there happened to be an opening in cryptography and then they went down that route. I'm also surprised there are those who appear to kind of like partially be down the crypto anarchist route but not completely bought and sold so it's like they draw the line at a certain point um even uh like famous 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 people in the space like uh uh zimmerman for example uh i i was fortunate enough to have some good conversation with him obviously he's famous for creating pgp you know i see him as one of the original crypto anarchists cypherpunks right? yeah cypherpunks yeah and, and, and he's also famous for his part in the crypto wars yes but he he is when it comes to digital cash he has concerns about what may come of true anonymous digital cash and privacy preserving digital cash he he has he has concerns there um that you know maybe it could lead to people doing things like financing terrorism or money laundering or, you know, undesirable things, uh, which, yes, we, we all know that those are potential costs. But I would think somebody uh, like him who invented PGP realizes might realize that the benefits outweigh the cost. So um, I've also been surprised about those characters as well. What's it, What's your what's your take on that? My gut feel is, that, is that uh, there, there's, there's got to be some tie to a three-letter agency there. Um, oh, wow, okay. And, and uh, given that that tie is there, he's, he's adjusting his views accordingly. Yeah, um, I guess, you know, these, these technologies really, at the end of the day, start to 
force people to to expose where, where they really stand right uh, on these on these issues um so where is it that you stand let's let's make your let's allow you to clearly define your position on these things okay um I, I'm at a loss for words. Um, I, I think privacy is very important. I, I believe um, I believe in the individual over the state. So I, I think uh, I, I, I don't buy um, arguments for the greater good. I, I think the individual rights and civil rights have primacy always everywhere. And part of those civil rights and, and uh, civil liberties entail privacy um and it's a shame the law doesn't recognize that yet but i i think the the consequences of going down this pathway that we're on where where money is a surveillance system will be humanitarian disasters and do you see there being is there any potential middle ground? Because I mean, we'll, we'll get into this paper, but I think that's kind of essentially what this paper is is proposing. I feel like of this, this middle ground of uh, let's let's give people their privacy when they need it, but not enough of it to the point where state actors or the powers that be can reveal or. Uh, lift the curtain if you will at times when when needed to make sure that there's you know no illegal quote unquote illegal things happening do you think do you think it, it's possible to have some kind of middle ground where we don't have an extreme version of tech like let's say monero or zcash that's private by default um but that we have something that can be turned on and off. Even even Zcash to this day, right, is is a private by default. Uh, do you think th you know technology? There is a middle ground uh, alternative, or it's it's really not possible. Kind of I tend to think not. Uh, I, I think privacy and compliance are opposite ideals. Uh, true privacy means not leaking whether there was compliance and and um yeah from my perspective privacy is what protects you uh, protects you against crooks and technology is not capable of distinguishing between crooks and the government and that's that's even if you come from the from the point of view that the government isn't crooks, right? If, if you're if you're a staunch libertarian, then the government is crooks, and and the lack of distinction there is obvious. But even if you are willing to accept, for the sake of argument, that the the government is doing a good job, or or can could do a good job, uh, then still there is the challenge of convincing technology somehow of recognizing the difference between crooks and government, and that's just infeasible. What inevitably ends up happening is that these technologies, they they pay lip service to privacy and allow uh, the, the government to, uh, to um, undermine civil rights. 
or the other way around, they they um, actually do protect privacy, but don't do anything for the state's interests. And so this this proposal that 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 came out, um, do you did you did you have the opportunity to read the paper? I did not. No, I, I read the abstract and read some commentary uh, by others, but this this was in the form of uh, notes on Twitter X. Okay, and I, I guess what they're proposing is a uh, a form of something something like a tornado cash, kind of, uh, but w- with the ability to prove that you're essentially not mixing your coins with any undesirable people, uh, how, how you're determining who is and isn't desirable and who's good and who's not good is an issue unto itself. Uh, well, I, I imagine that you don't really have the choice uh, that your, your bank or your financial intermediary would say, this is a list of addresses that we don't trust and you have to provide us with a proof that your funds don't originate from any of them. Right. So using this system, you could effectively mix your coins, clean your coins of their past history, but then also in a zero knowledge proof way, prove that you haven't mixed them with with people who uh, you know have uh, coins that have a, a tarnished past. That's the idea, as right. far as I understand. Yeah. And so, and, uh, yeah. What is what is your what is your take uh, on this proposal then? Uh, to the to the credit of the authors, uh, the technology is is pretty interesting, um, and I, I think having one more tool in the toolbox can't hurt. Uh, what I find objectionable is marketing this as a win for privacy. It's not a win for privacy. It, um, the, the best way I, I can describe my perspective on this is uh, by making an analogy. And so if, if privacy has to do with consent over information that pertains to you, um, then an analogy might be the, the uh, range of interactions with and without consent regarding to your bodily integrity. Uh, so we're effectively um, living in a world where uh, any uh, meaningful interaction, meaningful economic interaction with the rest of society is prohibited unless you give your consent to something that you might not otherwise want to consent to. Um, and you can think of this as you need to get the jab in order to keep your job or to access your bank account. Or you can think, think of it much more uh, aggressively and say you need to get raped uh, in order to, to rent a car. Uh, and then I see this paper coming along and I'm, I'm seeing now there is a form that allows you to specify which orifice you would like to sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, that's a great win for bodily integrity. It, it's, it's not a win for, for bodily integrity. It's, and, and this paper is not a win for privacy either because it's, it's uh, accepting premises that we should reject out of hand. Unfortunately, though, it feels like 
this might be something that gains traction and adoption, right? Given the fact that it is, it does align uh, with the powers that be, right? If they, if they have to put up with privacy tech, they would like to, they would like to put up with this form of it, where they could essentially control it. So. What what does that mean? I mean, what, what should as a as a community? What should we be doing? Is it just is it out of our hands? Is it are are we doomed? Will, will is this is something like this become the thing that we all end up using? And is what ends up gaining traction because it's essentially uh, backed by the state? What's what's your I thing? happen to be skeptical that this will gain traction. Uh, because it's a bit of a hassle to to use the software and, and generate the proofs. I'm not even sure the software is out yet, but down the line it will be out, and it's a bit of a hassle to use this mixer over another mixer um, or over no mixer, uh, which I guess the, the default is. And what will end up happening is that very few people actually use it, and very few people who don't have anything to hide because that's effectively what they're proving. And so your your anonymity is limited. So why would you bother using it in the first place? Fortunately, I think this project is doomed to fail. Now, I saw you kind of debating back and forth with uh, another Alan uh, of, of Rail, the Railgun project, which is a, I guess that's a privacy project for Ethereum, right? Um, and I think one of the points he was trying to make is we already have things like uh, view wallets for Monero, for example, view keys. And he effectively doesn't see this as being any different. If anything, he sees this as a way to maybe more selectively reveal what you want to reveal when you need to reveal it. Do you have a response to that? Um, yeah, I, I think having another tool in the toolbox is great, but it's not a win for bodily integrity if you can say if you if if there's a form where you can fill out that you only want to be raped in your mouth <laughs> so yeah um, is, there, is there another way we could put that is perhaps not that um, i'm trying to censor in any way but just you know a little bit more uh family friendly so we could, we could get the word out right these ultimately at the end of the day these, these are I feel feel like, and I assume you agree that we're 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 on the on the right side of history here, right? We're we're fighting for for liberty. Um, how do we express these ideas in a way where people understand what's at stake and what this really means, and why we're so why we're so passionate about it, and why we think this is ground we can't lose and can't give up? Um. It, 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 Towards that end, I would draw attention to the hierarchy uh, that is premised in this debate, which is that the state has needs that supersede the needs of the individual. And in order to accomplish those needs, or in order to serve those needs, we need to compromise the civil liberties of the individual. Um, 
but it doesn't work the other way around, does it? We cannot audit the state. We do not have insight into their books. Um, and, and I think any, any pathway towards a more ethical world needs to involve uh, equal footing. We cannot put the state on an elevated pedestal, um, period. We, we cannot put the state on an elevated pedestal uh, as a premise to these debates. And so once we take for granted that all parties are equals, then the question is, why should you get to have insight in my financial history? Why should I get to have insight in your financial history? Right. We should we should all be given the, the same level of of privacy, right? Exactly. Um how about money laundering itself? Just this idea that the state is against has rules and laws and regulations against money laundering. What is it? What is your take on that? Do you think that that just that as a that in its in itself is is just ethically not right, unjust? I think it's a red herring. Um, th there is there is a argument here to be met uh, that that uh, what is it? Money laundering enables crimes that will be more difficult if we crack down on money laundering. That, that argument, we can debate that argument, but most importantly, it's worth noting that the, the uh, easiest, the best, most effective way to, play, to launder money is to have a, a bank in the United States because the United States is actually pretty good at keeping secrets, or the United States banks, keep secrets from foreign governments, as they should. And in the eyes of foreign governments, that's money goes in and somewhere else money goes out. How is that not money laundering? Well, it's not money laundering because Uncle Sam has insight into those books. And so the whole purpose of money laundering or the, the debate around money laundering is to ensure that Uncle Sam gets a cut of the money that is laundered because it ensures that the only place to launder money is through the United States. Now, with respect to, to um, enabling crimes, um, perhaps, but you need to support that with data. Is there a, uh, is there a, crime heinous enough or, or uh, enough crimes, at which point I would say, okay, ma maybe we need to sacrifice privacy a little bit. Um, I don't know. Let's, let's explore that uh, through, uh, through the process of debate. Do you think cryptocurrency is being uh analyzed or being um 
is, is a different standard being applied to cryptocurrency than what's being applied to traditional cash? Oh, where I live in Switzerland, that's absolutely the case because um, you're allowed to make cash transactions up to 3,000 francs, I think, and cryptocurrency transactions only up to 1,000 francs without KYC. Maybe that's the EU. I'm, I'm uh, confusing these things easily. But they are definitely applying harsher rules to cryptocurrency than to cash. Um, which goes to answer your question, I guess. And so do you think that's that's just because they, they can, right? It's just the state getting away with what they can get away with. They're going to continue to to ratchet up as, as much as they can until, you know, less people fight back type of thing. They see this Absolutely. as it, it's it's more difficult to phase out cash than it is to phase out cryptocurrency because more people use cash and not enough people use cryptocurrency to to push back against these these tightening of the rules. Mm. But it seems at the end of the day what will happen is we we won't have physical cash anymore and instead we're going to have cryptocurrencies but if the state gets their way we're going to have them in a form that will won't really resemble what we had with cash. Yeah, I I call me an optimist, but I think there is uh, no market demand for a currency that gives the state so much power. I think uh, the, the market individuals uh prefer currencies that protect the, their proper owner from crooks and governments alike as though there were no distinction do you love coffee and monero as much as we do consider making gratuitous.org your daily cup pay with monero for premium fresh beans and if you like what you taste, send a digital cash tip directly to the Guatemalan farmers that made it possible. Proceeds help us grow this channel, Gratuitous, and Monero. I certainly do. But how about Bitcoin? I mean, Bitcoin is, is essentially a surveillance coin at this point. And yet it's, you know, it's by far the largest market cap. It's the biggest cryptocurrency. The market is saying we we want a perfectly traceable cryptocurrency. No, I think that's a, a transient phenomenon. Um, it 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 has to do with a lot of things, including Bitcoin was there first, and including people thought at some point that Bitcoin was anonymous, and it turns out it, it's not. Um, and and the another factor that's making it transient is the the fact that it is being allowed to some extent to integrate with the existing system, whereas cryptocurrencies like Monero are being allowed less. And so it's it's still getting started from my point of view. How do you see things then playing out? I mean, like you said, you said you think eventually that the market's going to demand the the cryptos that actually offer true utility in terms of functioning like cash, giving people privacy. Um, 
but how how do you how do you see playing yeah how do we get there if currently we stand in in, in a place where bitcoin is by far the the most popular and the one that's you know embraced by by the state and is continuing uh, to gain momentum bitcoin is the most perfect trojan horse we could have hoped for since bitcoin is uh being stopped less by the by the current financial system because of its traceability we can piggyback on top of bitcoin and use the currencies that we really demand uh underneath and then swap out wherever we need to swap out Do you think things like Monero are going to be completely banned for, for some period of time? I mean, we've already seen it, obviously, in, in some countries. Uh, but do you think that, that gets worse? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's difficult to say. Um, I think uh, there are many forces pulling states in many different directions. And some of the forces are pulling them towards banning Monero and, and some of the forces are pulling them towards um, the opposite direction. Uh, as in, we need to pay our journalists or their sources somehow. There, there is some utility even uh, in, in the face of, of the state. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I saw people even today. Somebody was was tweeting that you know he he thinks, but Monero essentially won't have its day until people really need it, uh, until things get really dire, and then only then will will people start to adopt Monero out of I guess true true necessity. Do you see things? Yeah, like that? you you only. You, you only get a a winner when there's a battle, uh, and so far I, I I don't think the battle has has taken place. Having said that, though, I think Monero is uh, uh, should be the recipient of criticism on several fronts as well. Okay. My money is not on Monero, to be frank. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's let's hear that. So what are what are the projects or project that you're that you're most interested in and and why i'm tooting my own horn a little bit here i'm a co-founder of neptune which is also a privacy coin we haven't okay. launched yet um but one of the differences is that we are post-quantum so in in the nightmare scenario that a quantum computer comes along uh i i don't think Monero has a future because the quantum computer can break discrete logs, not just spend your Monero, but even inflate without other people knowing that there was inflation. Um, now, that might be a very small probability, but it's still something to be concerned about if you're going to allocate a significant portion of your wealth to cryptocurrencies. Mm. Um, Another point we are uh, concerned about is scalability. Um, how much effort does it take to run a Monero node? Well, you basically need to store all of history to some degree because all of history is a potential origin 
potential decoy in new transactions. Um, and and it, it might be feasible to run a node now, but it's going to be more difficult to run a node in 10 years or 20 years. And that workload is only going to increase. And, and so from our point of view, the workload should be as minimal as possible and, and it certainly should not increase with uh, history or popularity of the network. Okay, so you, you're you're interested in Neptune, which I've never heard of. Um, I mean, there there's responses to to each of those criticisms, but I you know I don't want to. I guess anybody who's watches this show already knows what those responses are. Um, if you want to read more about Neptune, you can have a read at one of our or any of our blog posts at Neptune.cash. Okay. Or have a, a look at the source code. We're all open source. And you've launched already, or we've not launched already. No, not yet. Uh, at this point, I'd say we're between five and seven months away from launch. But it it depends on many factors that are difficult to foresee. Okay. Uh, what inspired you to to set out and build? Net? Are you are you the lead lead dev or? What, what inspired you to be a part I of would not say I'm the lead dev. Uh, that title goes to my co-founder, uh, but I would say that I'm the architect. Um, yeah, what, what inspired us? Uh, well, uh, we both think privacy is important. Uh, the... The... The penny dropped for me, or that might be the wrong idiom. Uh, the, the, the proverb is probably the, the camel that, the uh, straw that broke the camel's back for me was uh, realizing that um, if you hold Bitcoin, you might not be the legal owner of those Bitcoins. I mean, you, you, you're definitely the possessor. That's what the technology guarantees. But legally speaking, those bitcoins might belong to someone else. And the only way, well, um, if you received those bitcoins from someone who stole them from someone else. Hmm. Right. Uh, so you may, you may not have proper title to, the, to those coins because they're treated like exactly. property, not like money. Exactly. And a bona fide the, acquisition uh, rule. Right. Bonafide acquisition rule. Yeah. So if you receive a a bike, if you buy a bike uh, in good faith, and it turns out that that bike was stolen, guess what? You have to return that bike to its proper owner, and you have a a uh, claim against the person who sold the bike to you, but not against the proper owner of that bike. And given that Bitcoin is traceable as it is. I don't see how it could have the same principle could fail to apply to Bitcoin. So for yeah, me, we've seen it apply. Uh, I've done exactly. I've done a show on this as well. I had somebody uh, who wrote a paper on this. I recommend you checking that out. But go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. No, please. Um, yeah. So um, uh, Torkel, my co-founder, and I were discussing the the um, legal and economical implications of how this applies to Bitcoin. And, and we decided mm. that we need to fix that. 
And but why why not look at Monero at that point? That's a little that's a little crazy, Alan. But you, you obviously you're you were aware of Monero at that point, but you you felt Absolutely. that it's, it's lack of uh, quantum reason, which we've also done shows on that as well. Uh, I think Monero is perhaps a slightly more quantum resistant than than you may think. Um, there, there's been some there's been some talk of that. Uh, but yeah, sure. At the end of the day, if you had a quantum computer and you can break elliptic curves, I suppose it, it is susceptible uh, as much as any other current cryptocurrency. Um, but that was so. Then that was really your your driving force. You're like, all right. So, uh, well, my PhD was about post quantum cryptography. Okay. So I see every bit of cryptography through that lens. Okay, um, and it it might cause me also to overestimate the threat of quantum computers actually being built. But, you know, maybe I estimate that probability at 50% and the correct probability is 1%. Even 1% should keep you awake at night if you hold all of your savings in cryptocurrencies. Well, I mean, how about this idea that, you know, if they could they could uh, adopt or, uh, you know, adapt and, and evolve, right? I mean, we've, we see it in Monero all the time. Monero has upgraded quite a few times. Why not uh, work on evolving Monero, adding quantum resistance to it, as opposed to creating a new cryptocurrency? What was your, what was your thinking there? Well, how do you upgrade um, old coins or coins that belong to people who have passed on or aren't active anymore, they're still tied to old addresses, aren't they? Mm, so you just see it as being, being not being possible to, to upgrade in that respect? Well, I, I guess you could burn them in the upgrade, but that would open a whole nother can of worms in terms of precedents that you don't want to set. And, and so I, I think uh, Bitcoin, Monero, Ethereum, they likely will undergo upgrades and they will likely leave the, the coins that are inactive up for grabs for the quantum attacker. And then the, the first team to build a quantum computer will probably need to pay back or uh, repay their investors somehow. So they're going to sell the coins they they collect. Okay. I think the price will will tank. Uh, I mean, this could be two years out. This could be two hundred years out, right? We 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 don't know, right? I would prefer it to be I don't know, 30, 40 years out, um, so that we have uh, we've had time to build a track record of of. Uh, correct functioning and security and and then when when the ship does go under will be the basically the only life raft left so obviously you're you're very much interested in in cryptos that are striving to be private fungible digital cash uh but you don't think any of them really check the boxes yet uh, I, I think scalable privacy is important, and the the problem whereby uh, if you run a node, you, your workload keeps increasing. Zcash has that also, and pretty much every privacy coin, except for Mimblewimble, 
has that. And then Mimblewimble introduces a whole bunch of other uh, problems from my point of view, uh, but not on the scalability front. Okay. We, we have some good videos on that as well. I don't know if you're familiar with Arctic Mine. He, t he talks about that uh, in an eloquent way on how, how Monero can scale, including, uh, you know, how the, how the hardware and the bandwidth will, will keep up with Monero's growth and in, in usage. But uh, yeah, we don't need to get, we don't need to get, we don't need to get into that. I guess you've, you've concluded otherwise. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I, I, I did not realize you're a, a Neptune guy and I didn't realize Neptune was even a thing. Um, when, when is Neptune launching then? Uh, between five and seven months from now, uh, it's it's yeah. difficult to predict um, how, how software goes, and it, it also depends on the fundraising situation. If we're unsuccessful at raising funds, then then uh, it's probably just uh, me and my founder, and, and maybe one or two uh, hardcore uh, early employees. But with a small team, it'll take longer than with a large team. When you say raising funds, what, what do you mean? There's going to be a, it's in terms of how it's launched is. Uh, yeah. So we're raising funds by selling pre-mined tokens. Mm. And, yeah, and nobody likes so that. Nobody likes that. Uh, but on the plus side, our pre-mine is a lot smaller than pre-mines of most other projects. Uh, our pre-mine is 1.98% of the total supply cap. Uh, so it's it's an order of magnitude better than your average uh, VC-funded coin, but it's it's still not up there with Bitcoin and Monero. Okay. Uh, we should you should come participate at the next Monerotopia. We we like hearing from from other projects that are doing interesting things. Quantum resistance is certainly something that's that's interesting to to think about um wow so so you're completely ignoring the current cryptos then i mean uh if you what what do you actually so you don't use any cryptos for for digital cash purposes i run a bitcoin node and and i i use lightning to to uh, square the bill whenever i go dining with with uh, other folks who are also on the bitcoin standard um yeah just that okay but no monero i've used monero in the past but it was always transactional i i never held on to it for for more than a few weeks okay that's a good sign. You actually use it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be critical of, of things that you haven't used. Uh, yeah. So that, that that's one of the things. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know. T t tell me more about. I guess your your overall thoughts then on on crypto and where you where you see things going i mean it, it sounds like you believe crypto as it is 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 flawed because of its lack of quantum resistance um i don't know what well, where, where where do you see things going in the next i don't know five ten years i don't think quantum computers will arrive in the next 10 years 
<clears throat> excuse me. So, so uh, if Monero has, excuse me, if Neptune has uh, time to shine, it's uh, beyond that uh, time horizon. But you know, a future possibility is today's prices. So, uh, who, who knows what the prices do? Um, in in terms of uh, regulations, I think the regulations are going to get worse, and people are going to use. Um, whatever tool they can to get around them uh, because ha having digital cash on your phone uh, is, is just so handy and and those use cases will uh, will multiply um, and yeah you'll have a, a whack-a-mole game playing out where where cypherpunks invent ever clever ways to move money around and regulators try to whack down the the newest hole the newest uh, what is it gopher to jump up from the hole there was another element to your question where do i see cryptocurrencies go i guess that could also be in in terms of uh, smart contracts and and decentralized finance um I actually think that um, more than just money belongs on the blockchain. The blockchain is a terrific invention and, and one of the big questions of our time is what belongs on the blockchain. I don't think taxis belong on the blockchain, um, but money definitely does. And I think finance in general, financial contracts do. Mm -hmm. um, but the problem is whenever it relates to real world objects, at this point, you need a state to say, we recognize that this digital token corresponds to the ownership of this physical object. And I think some states will do that. I'm thinking of uh, United Arab Emirates or Singapore, one of those micronations perhaps uh, el salvador will will lead the way and at this point things will gonna get will, will be very very interesting because you'll be able to invest in real estate just by making a crypto transaction i i think that's gonna happen in the not too far future um what gets me really excited is that you can make this investment anonymously in the mm. not too far future. Yeah, that that would that would be amazing. Um, how about things like uh, network effect, right? So, uh, obviously, Bitcoin currently has the largest network effect. Monero, arguably for digital cash purposes, has a very large network effect. How do you see these th those things playing into into everything? Well, if you're like developing your, your new crypto here on the side is that you, you don't think network effect is a be all end all that it could, it could be overcome. Uh, I think it's, it's going to work uh, to our favor because um, we like Bitcoin's monetary policy and, and we have a, a cap on the supply like Bitcoin does. Um, and we also like the Lightning Network. And so we're definitely going to have a Lightning Network on top of Neptune as well. 
And given that Neptune was architected to be scalable, the end goal is to be able to run a Neptune Lightning node with minimal hardware requirements. At this point, everyone who's already running a Raspberry Pi Lightning node will need to install a, a Neptune Lightning node in order to speak Neptune as well. And this is not going to cost anything extra. And so I, they might as well do that. And so I think the, the Lightning Network is a, a perfect uh, Trojan horse. That Trojan horse sounds like we're trying to displace Bitcoin, and, and we're not. We're just trying to, to offer a, a uh, life raft um, in case quantum computers make it difficult for Bitcoin to hold its value. Are there other projects? Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's other quantum resistant cryptos out there. What, what are the other ones? Uh, um, I've, I've heard of uh, quantum resistant ledger. And as best as I can tell, their only innovation is to replace the ECDSA signature scheme in Bitcoin with a post quantum signature scheme. I've heard of ABC Mint. They had a post quantum signature scheme that was then broken and they refused to pay off uh, the bounty to the researchers that broke it. And now they've renamed the project. I'm not even sure what the name of the project is, but they're still out there. Uh, there is um, Hypercache. Hypercache is actually something that's interesting for this show because they lifted uh, ring signatures to post-quantum cryptography. And so it's actually the the closest thing you can get if you if you want to mimic Monero using only post-quantum cryptography. That, that's all I know about the, the competition on, on that front. Okay. And then so how, did, how does uh, Neptune function differently from, from these other proposals? Neptune supports smart contracts. Um, and and since, we're, since we are using ZK Starks all the way down, in, in the end, what happens is you prove the execution of your smart contract offline and then upload to the blockchain a zero-knowledge proof that it was executed correctly. And so we support DeFi, whereas Hypercash doesn't. And I don't think Monero does either. And our um, solution for privacy scales better because you don't need to keep track of all of history. Uh, and and the the nullifier set doesn't keep growing because we don't have a nullifier set. Okay. Uh, what what is your what is your coin supply and all and all that all that jazz? Uh, Forty two million uh, is the asymptotical limit on the token supply. There are halvings every three years. Um, and the pre-mine is 1.98% of the total supply. And it's a proof, it's a proof of work? It's proof of work. Uh, so you, you guess the correct nonce. In addition to that, you prove the correct verification of the previous block. And, and so the net effect of this recursive proving is that in order to synchronize to the network, you just download the most recent block, verify it, and with this single ZK Stark, you've verified all of history. Mm. Okay. 
I don't know. It's 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 hard to to think about other cryptos right now when there when there's so many that already exist. That's true. Um, it, it's it's pretty crazy, and for some reason, um, every single cryptocurrency designer thinks other things are important, and I I, I can't get into the heads of other people and and. From my point of view, is it, it's like how how did you get to the conclusion that this is important? Mm-hmm. Obviously, privacy and post quantum security and, and scalability are important. I mean, how how could you disagree with that? But then there are other approaches to scalability and and uh, proof of stake or democratization or or what have you. And yeah, uh, one of the fun things about the times we live in is that anyone can design money. And anyone can can design money as they would like it, and we can let the market decide. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's why I bring up network effect, right? I, I think that's something that they, they really can't be ignored. Uh, everybody can go out and create their new fangled crypto, but is it going to gain traction, or is the is the new tech that it perhaps creates just going to be uh, integrated into the existing popular networks, right? But, you know, it's it's great because, I mean, it, it, I think it propels innovation and it gets people uh, out on the forefront rather than waiting for these these older giant networks to create these things. You have uh, these smaller cryptos out on the fringes. Yeah, if, if you're not if you're not working to bring down the old giant, then you don't get to complain that he rules over you. <laughs> Well, Alan, I appreciate you jumping on the show for uh, such short notice. Uh, and thank you for the the genuine convo. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Um, I will keep an eye out for, for Neptune if I see anything uh, mentioned about it, just out of curiosity since we since we had this convo now. Maybe, uh, maybe this time we do another quantum-resistant uh, base show. I, I, I had no idea that you worked on Neptune, that it was uh, focused on quantum resistance. Otherwise, I, I would have been perhaps more prepared for that topic. But maybe I will do something and maybe I'll try to try to get you on again with uh, some other guys in the Monero space that are interested in that stuff. Sounds great. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Oh, Eddie, where, where can people find you and learn about the things you're working on, including Neptune? Go ahead. And, uh... Uh, so Neptune is... Uh, over at neptune.cash and you can follow me on Twitter. That's my the first letter of my first name, which is Alan, followed by all of my surname, which I'll spell out for you. That's S-Z-E-P-I-E-N-I-E-C. How do you, how do you so pronounce it's... it? Zepieniec. Zepieniec. It's Polish? It's Polish. Good guess. Zepieniec. Zepieniec. Yes. <laughs> Close enough. I apologize. Close enough, yes. Um, yeah, so Twitter is Ashapianets. Okay. All right, Al, thank, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we'll be in touch. I'd, I'd love to go further down the, the, the post-quantum uh, resistant rabbit hole. Sounds good. Looking forward. Take care, right. Douglas. Cheers, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, Mineraland. 
Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Odyssey, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to Monero Talked Out Live for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever by typing in MoneroTalk.crypto in your Monero.com or CakeWallet send address field to send us a tip. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to being back next week.